Hey guys, Heidi Preep here. Welcome back to my channel. Today I wanted to spend some time talking about a word that has been super instrumental to me over the past six months or so in my attachment healing work. And that term is self-abandonment. So I first heard this term in some Facebook group that I was a part of that talked about attachment work, attachment healing. And I really liked it as soon as I heard it. Like it resonated somewhere inside of me. I didn't really know what the term meant, but I decided I'm going to take a period of time and just notice when do I feel like I am self-abandoning? When do I start to notice that I am not particularly showing up for myself and being on my own team in life? And how can I start to rearrange my life in such a way that I am doing that as little as humanly possible? So this video is the result of about six months of me putting myself under observation in this way and really noticing some of what I believe to be the common experiences in which many of us automatically self-abandon, often without even realizing it, and start operating from a kind of inauthentic part of ourselves. And we are going to talk about how to stop doing that. So I define self-abandonment as any situation in which we are fragmenting a part of ourselves and leaving a very important component of ourselves at the door in order to usually get validation or acceptance or approval out of other people. Now, of course, there are situations in which we all do this a little bit, right? So most of us, when we go to work in the morning, there is some part of ourselves that we leave at the door in order to show up and give back in a way that puts the focus on the company or the other people that we're serving, right? So that's natural to an extent. When we are parenting, when we are meeting new people, when we are in some sort of social role that requires certain responsibilities to be met, most of us naturally do a little bit of leaving ourselves at the door, right? So this is part of just being a human in society, absolutely. However, self-abandonment is what I define as a prolonged period of fragmenting ourselves and leaving really important aspects of ourselves at the door. So those really important, really vital parts of ourselves can be things like our true thoughts and opinions and perspectives, our true emotions and vulnerabilities and inner experiences, our true needs and wants and desires, right? So often when we are self-abandoning, what starts to happen is that these fragmented parts of ourselves that we have left at the door start showing up as anxiety, as depression, as an inability to concentrate, or as self-sabotaging behaviors. Because I have the personal belief that there is no such thing as self-sabotage. Most of the time when we think we are self-sabotaging, what's actually happened is we have abandoned a piece of ourselves that knows it is important for our vitality. And so that piece is coming out screaming. <laughs> Listen, hey man, I promise you 90% of my day is spent in silence. Boy, but when I sit down behind this microphone, Lord have mercy, I come to life. Because most of my day, I am ruminating about relationship discussions. Now, today was, you know, like any other day in the cigar lounge where I'm sitting cultivating topics. And this topic rose out of a discussion that I was having with a young lady who brought it to my attention. You know, an issue that was going on with her and her dude. 
And, you know, once you start talking to me, my mind get to running. You know, and it sparked a topic for tonight. The self-abandonment piece is huge, especially as it relates to tonight's topic. Emotional impermanence. When somebody finds it really difficult to hold in mind the love and bond they have with someone when that person is not with them or actively reassuring them. Emotional impermanence. To me, I liken that to self-abandonment. They can't maintain the feeling for you if they're not being reassured. Now, some people, some definitions uh, of emotional impermanence talks about physical distance. But sometimes you can have somebody right in your face, right in your space, right in your place. That exhibits emotional impermanence. In other words, they're not present. In other words, they're not connected. In other words, they're not invested. And even if they're in your presence, it feels like they're a million miles away. Let's talk about it. When it comes to relationships, this is heavy, man. People want to know, why do relationships fail? Why do 90, 80% of relationships fail? I'm not just talking about marriages. We already know that's a 50-50 deal. When you add in the legal separations, right? That's a 50-50 deal. That's, oh, the marriage divorce rate is down in the 40s now. But if you add the 10 to 12% of legal separations, you're still at 50. Right? Listen, when it comes to relationships, how long is a good thing supposed to last? Oh, God. People have this Disney concept that a good relationship is supposed to last forever. Is it? I think impermanence is built into the whole situation. What is emotional impermanence? And is it affecting your relationship? How do most people deal with the impermanence of a good relationship? Of a good relationship? Most people don't even think about the end of it. Most people don't even think about the relationship coming to an end. They don't even think about the impermanence. Impermanence can manifest as an illness. Impermanence can manifest as a loss of employment. Ooh-wee. How do most people deal with the impermanence of a good relationship? We know how most people deal with the impermanence of a bad one. And typically bad is a funny word because bad just means you're not getting what you want in many cases. Right? Right? In many cases. We're not talking about the ones where it is a bad relationship, meaning... You're being abused. You're being disrespected. You're being marginalized, minimized. Uh, you're not being heard. You're not being seen. Uh, that's a bad relationship. But many people will call a relationship bad simply if they're just not getting what they want. How do you cope with emotional impermanence? Eesh. Eesh. Is seeking romantic love from another... A form of self-abandonment. That's heavy. Especially if you lose yourself in a relationship. 
Ooh, ooh. You get lost, emotionally enmeshed. That's self-abandonment right there. True or false, by embracing the impermanence of relationships, we can approach them with greater authenticity and openness. We can communicate our needs and desires more honestly and listen to our partners without fear of judgment. We can also appreciate the fleeting nature of romantic love and savor each moment without the pressure of needing to make it last a lifetime. This mindset can lead to deeper connections, increased intimacy, and greater emotional resilience. Sounds like stay in the moment. Stop being possessive. You don't own your partner. Stop being judgmental, uber critical. Stop being unforgiving and appreciate each good moment you have. Do you know how many good moments get beat up by bad moments? Let me say it another way. Do you know how many good moments get beat up by bad memories? Ooh. 1-800-920-1580. You know this is a national discussion, and I want to talk to everybody. How do you deal with impermanence in relationships? If your life is on a timer, that means your partner's life is on a timer. And typically you guys are on different timers. Not only is your life on a timer, the relationship is on a timer. Right? Is your love on a timer? 1-800-920-1580. Agree or disagree? We are conditioned to believe that relationships should last forever. However, accepting impermanence is an essential ingredient in relationship success. If you accepted impermanence, right, and you just said every moment matters, every single moment matters. Right. I don't want to lose a second. I want to appreciate every second. You see, emotional impermanence comes when people feel like they're not being acknowledged. People feel like they're not being reassured. People feel distance in the relationship, regardless of the proximity of their partner. So emotional impermanence represents an ability or an inability to not be able to sustain the feelings of love, the bonds, the, the closeness, the meaning of the relationship. True or false? When we cling to a false sense of permanence in relationship, we risk neglecting our own needs and ignoring warning signs that a relationship may not be working. Oof. We may also resist necessary endings causing us to prolong painful situations or cling to situations that are no longer healthy. This can lead to feelings of resentment, anger, and hurt, and ultimately damage our mental health and well-being. Let's address that. First and foremost, understand that we are in a spiritually immature society. So anything that doesn't feel good, we label as not good for us. Do you understand? 
So any relationship that challenges us, that hurts us, that uh, causes mental per- mental perturbations, automatically, oh, I don't want to feel this anymore. I want to feel something different. Not knowing that relationships are divinely fine-tuned to stretch you outside of your comfort zone. Whenever you get outside your comfort zone, which is your known, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel unease, right? That doesn't necessarily mean you're in a toxic situation. We live in a society today that is highly technologically advanced, and wherever there is an advancement in technology, what you're also seeing is a rise in convenience. So many of us have transposed that convenience on top of relationship. The relationship should be convenient to my expectations, to my desired outcomes. It should be a convenient vehicle that gets me from point A to what I want. That's simply not how it works. I see toxic relationships for what they really are, toxic, right? People who destroy their partner's spirit, right? People uh, who tear their partners down. And, And listen, I'm not here to moralize. I've done it. I've done it. But I do believe That relationships are designed to go through some of those things in order to build you up. Many people, especially nowadays, don't have the time, energy, or patience to go through that class. How do most people deal with the impermanence of a good relationship? When we come forward, you already know the phone lines are going to be click, clack, click, clack, clicking. So get in here and talk to your brother. It's Monday. I want to talk to you. Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is Psychax, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is why most relationships don't last. This episode is specifically directed to folks out there who are looking for a long-term relationship but seem to be having trouble getting past the six-month mark. You get involved with someone you like, things seem to be going well, but then a few months in, the relationship peters out and you go your separate ways. Why might this be the case? Now, before I answer this question, please remember to like this video and subscribe to the channel. It costs you nothing, takes only a second, and it's how you can support me in my mission to deliver free, high-quality content to the world. So thank you for your help. The reason why most relationships don't last, why most relationships do not get past the six-month mark, is the crisis of disillusionment. Let me explain what this is. In the beginning, all relationships are fundamentally projected fantasy. In the vast majority of cases, you don't actually know who this other person is. You've spent a few days or even just a few hours together gleaned a little information, and filled the gaps in your knowledge base in with what you would like to find there. And this is true almost in direct proportion to the degree to which you are attracted to the other person. The more attracted you are, the more likely you're going to fill in the gaps in your knowledge base with positive attributes. This is called the halo effect. This means that if you think she's really hot, you're all, and you have no other evidence to the contrary, 
you're also liable to believe that she's kind and smart and sexy and interested in you and all the things that you would like to see in this other person. And if you think he's really handsome, you're liable to fill in the gaps in your knowledge base with the projection that he's also committed and kind and family-oriented and exciting and generous and all the things that you might be looking for in a partner. Do you understand? Now, in the first few months, while people are generally still projecting their fantasies, they will also work to protect their fantasies. They see signs that things might not be what they appear to be. But because they prefer the fantasy to which they are attracted, they tend to rationalize and minimize these signs early on in the courtship. This is why people will so often ignore even obvious red flags when they are very attracted to another person. But here's the thing. It eventually happens that a preponderance of evidence accumulates or an unavoidable manifestation of evidence to the contrary presents itself and the projected fantasy can no longer sustain the assault of reality. This is the crisis of disillusionment. At this point... <laughs> I've been saying it. We date images. We can't date a human being. If a man such as myself comes into a relationship and tells you from the beginning, I'm God and the devil at the same time. I'm good and bad. I'm right and wrong. I'm flawed. I'm a human being who is prone to making mistakes. Because the fantasy and the attraction is on high, those words fall on a deaf soul. A deaf soul. The soul can't even hear. I'm saying, hey, don't aggrandize any positive attribute you see or like in me. It gets ignored. This is why relationships don't last. How many, how often have you ever heard somebody say in a relationship, I feel like I don't know you? That's because you don't know me. You haven't been listening. You filter out. What doesn't fit the image or the desired goal and outcome? Again, relationships are spiritual. People are coming into your life to reveal aspects of yourself. That is the primary goal of an intimate relationship. Everything else is hors d'oeuvre. Everything else is a side dish. Everything else is mashed potatoes, green beans, and corn. Ain't no more corn. <laughs> you understand? Everything else is a side dish. The main course is what is this person going to reveal about me now? You say, what is the purpose of that? Because there's aspects of you that can only be reconciled by you that comes from the mirror of relationships. Play if you want to. When we come forward, I'm going to the phone line. You know that people who live together before they're married are more likely to get divorced, not less likely. And the reason for that is, what exactly are you saying to one another when you live with each other? Well, for now, 
<laughs> You're better than anything else I can trick. <laughs> but I'd like to reserve the right to trade you in, conveniently, if someone better happens to stumble into me. Well, how could, how could someone not be insulted to their core by an offer like that? Now, they're willing to play along with it because they're going to do the same thing with you. Now, well, that's exactly it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know you're not going to commit to me. So that means you don't value me or our relationship above everything else. But as long as I get to escape, if I need to, then I'm willing to put up with that. It's like, that's a hell of a thing. I mean, you might think, how stupid is it to shackle yourself to someone? It's like, it's stupid, man. There's no doubt about that. But compared to the alternatives, it's pretty damn good. Because without that shackling, there are things you will never, ever learn. Because you'll avoid them. You can always leave. And if you can leave, then you don't have to tell each other the truth. If you can leave, you don't have to tell each other the truth. <laughs> relationships. Let me just say this, man. Many relationships don't last because of pride and ego and selfishness. Some people say relationships don't last or a relationship was bad because there was cheating and infidelity. Did you know that couples who revealed infidelity? Listen, listen. Couples who revealed infidelity. Got back together at a 57 percent rate. That's higher than the marriage rate or higher than the divorce rate. A lot of people think infidelity can ruin a relationship. It absolutely can. But relationships can come back from it. Again, what does the uh, what does the uh, what is the worth of the relationship to you? I'm not talking about being in a relationship with somebody that doesn't respect you. That's with somebody that doesn't hold you in high regard. I'm talking about something being in a relationship with a human being. The flip of that is monogamy implies ownership, which fuels the ego. How could you do this to me? I'm just breaking down some of the pitfalls that we run into because we have a Disney-esque mindset about relationships. Oh, we think our partner can give us everything we need. They might be able to give you a lot of what you need, but not everything. We damn sure can't give you what you're supposed to give yourself. We can supplement that. But you can't subsist off of what we give because then that becomes codependence. We're, we're talking about why relationships don't last. It's because we don't understand the relational construct. It's spirit first, societal Second, many people don't understand that, right? Many people don't understand that. They think they're in a relationship to get what they want. Nope. You're in a relationship to get what you need. And a lot of times getting what you need is coming from the inside out via the reflection you get from your partner. I know people are not ready for that. I, I know, I know, but I, I'm going to do it anyway. All right, that's enough of me. Let's get some callers in here. We got them from all over the country. Who's been on the longest? Attila, Houston, Texas. Get in here. Uncle Go. Oh, wow. I, I didn't think I was going to be first. How you doing? I'm good. I'm hanging. Yes, sir. 
All right. So, um, you know what this is reminding me of? The Shrouded Lighthouse. Everybody should go buy it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but specifically your chapter on a relationship obsolescence. Make sure I say it right. Obsolescence. Um, and yes. 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 And you talked about um, basically like accepting um, yourself without judgment. Mm-hmm. Child, still working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it kind of made me think of, you know, when you're talking about how long will the good thing last? I mean, if I'm being completely honest, a good thing for me in the past has really been more about self-delusion. So as long as I'm delusional <laughs> with myself and how I'm showing up in this relationship, you know, you're delusional within the entire frame of things and to me this really extends beyond romantic relationships like if i'm being honest like i've experienced this with family too mm-hmm. you know i low-key thought i was a good kid <laughs> apparently i was the troublemaker but i think it's when i took time to spend time away from my family and really kind of understand why i was performing and acting in, in a certain way because that was the character that i was given and that was kind of what i ran with thinking that in doing instead of being that I would gain some sort of uh, favor, if you will, Mm. it did not work. Mm. And so I think I carry that into my romantic relationships as well, because there's only so much encouragement in doing and all of that that you can do until you realize that you're actually running from yourself. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) So you do understand, and and I'm really trying to, you know, bring this point, drive this point home. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to deal with something in any, in every intimate relationship you're in. Your partner is going to irritate some aspect of your spirit. You're going to have to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. So look at what we do in this society. The most empowering thing we have in this society, and you can agree or disagree, you tell me, The most empowering thing we have in society as it pertains to relationship is to get rid of our partner. Mm -hmm. That's look, Cardi B just got rid of offset. (laughs) I'm guilty. A hundred times guilty. What uh, what about the uh, the, the pretty girl who just got rid of the basketball player said he was a narcissist. uh, Shumpert. Yeah. 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 Tiana Tiana Taylor. Taylor. Yes. Listen. Listen. Everybody got an issue somewhere. Everybody. So we just going to keep getting real. Oh, this issue is too too difficult for me to deal with. I'm going to deal with a diet issue. I'm going to wait until a diet problem comes on. Ain't no diet problems. But you know what I think it is really, though, Unc? Like, you know, you say the issue is too, too much to deal with. I think the issue becomes such that it prevents whatever, like I said, delusion or fantasy you have from ever being real. Like you realize that this is, this is impossible. Like there's no way for me to get to Narnia, right? The closet door is closed. There's no way for me to get to Narnia. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not going to happen. Okay. Narnia is in the movies. It's not in real life. So I really think that that's what it is. Like if I could speak just really for myself, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for myself, right. That's really the issue. I think when you realize that, like I said, Narnia is, is not is not a real place. Like it is the here and now, and it is what you're looking at. And more importantly, it's the things that are being reflected back to you that you don't like, and you can only push them away for so long. Wait, um, hold on. I, think- I got to address this. 
<laughs> Logic, sir, I want you to look at, I'll tell a look at the chat. Logic, sir, says uh-huh. everyone you mentioned was a male. Women don't acknowledge their issues. Now, uh, I don't, I don't know if I framed it that way. I simply said, Cardi B says she's single, which she did. That's how we found out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I said, Tiana Taylor divorced or is seeking divorce from Iman Shumpert. That's how it was reported. Do you want me to Correct. say it in reverse and lie? <laughs> Iman Shumpert broke up with Tiana Taylor. What the point that I'm making is breaking up is the most empowering thing people do in relationships nowadays. If mm-hmm. they didn't, ghosting wouldn't be popular. Mm-hmm. Do you, mm-hmm. That's the point I'm making, that- sir. Go ahead. You yeah, I, I want to speak to that, too. I, I think a lot of men want to see women kind of like fall on their sword kind of thing. Um, and I mean, I, I would say this, like if your whole goal is to get someone to essentially kind of bend the knee, bow the knee, you know, kind of uh, reach out in agony. Oh, I was wrong type of thing. That's bro, not you got, you yeah. got some people to do on your part. <laughs> like, yeah. And even like, if you heal, even if you heal, you're probably not going to get what you want. Yeah, like it's just it's this is my thing. Like there even if the person that wronged you was to sit there and admit how wrong they were was, you know, literally holding their bleeding heart in their hand to give to you, it really would not matter because you're not going to accept that anyway. Right. And I think it's better if you be honest about that. That that's not good enough for me that I want to see this person, you know, harmed. Whatever the case may be, I want to see this person in pain. Whatever it is your is your thing is. I think it's better to admit that and get some healing from that than it is to try and shroud it in this whole, you know, where they don't acknowledge X, Y, Z. Like, bro, that's your personal issues speaking. But, um, Atala, guess what you did? I brought Houston in the building. Houston, Texas is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I'd love to get your perspective on tonight's topic, but I got to address the brothers real quick. Brothers, don't change the topic to women are not accountable. It's two broken people in the relationship, you and her. The point that I'm making, right, is what causes the relationship to not last? Yes, women have their issues. Yes, brothers have their issues. Stop making it about just the women. Right. You turn the topic into something that it's not. You know, I've yet to meet a woman that uh, has been accountable. Okay, that's not the topic. The topic is when it comes to relationship, how long is a good thing supposed to last? Well, if you lack the tools, you're going to suffer from relationship obsolescence. When I come forward, more callers from around the country. I look at love as like four dimensions. I look at it as the first dimension is like baby love. And when I say that, I don't mean the love that you have for your baby. I mean a person whose standards are love of a baby. Because the babies, if I said, are babies loving, we all go yes. And especially with our daughter, we feel that completely. <laughs> uh, no question about it. You're right over there peering through the glass right now. I'm being so good. Uh, but it's the truth is they're only loving and happy when they're getting what they want. Right? That's because that's the stage of development. It's about me, 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 as it should be at that stage of development. 
But some people are 50 and they're still doing baby love. And they're angry if they don't get, if you don't give me everything I want. Those relationships, if they last, they don't last very long. And they might last in years, but they don't last in love. Um, because nobody wants to be in a place where you're always trying to get something from me. As I said earlier, you want a place to give. When it comes to relationships, how long is a good thing supposed to last? Well, that depends on how healed you are. No healing, no lasting. Ooh, no deepening of love. You're going to always find something wrong with the humanity in the person that you're dealing with. Did you, did you hear? How can you find something wrong in the humanity of the person you're dealing with when you yourself are human? And there's something wrong with you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We got callers on the line. Let's get him in here. Who's been on the longest? Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. Hey, Brother Zoe. Yes, sir. So my thing here is great conversation. So number one, I I, look, I've made all the mistakes. I just happened to be in a a long-term relationship for 30-plus years. Doesn't mean I know anything more than anybody else. Doesn't mean I have magic and I know the answers. But we definitely work together. We work it out. But the number one thing I would say, and excuse me, uh, is this. Number one, take it easy on one another. Okay, that's number one. Because I've been asked, though, a zillion times. So you guys have been together wait, so Sean, long. I got to tell you What's this. What's the secret? I got to tell you this, Sean. Yeah. That, that's some of the best advice I've ever heard. And I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's, it's something that I haven't mastered yet. Take it easy on each other. Yeah. My girl used to tell me, yeah. calm down. Just calm down. And that's, that's very good advice. Go ahead, Sean. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I, and I'm glad you spotlighted it because that is so important. Because let me tell you, people, <clears throat> you're going to come up with crisis. And that's the second thing that I would say is that you have to get out of crisis. And, and it may not be my situation of crisis. With there's, you could do a zillion cases of crisis where your relationship is happening and then something comes in out of your control that is so difficult that you have to work it out together. And when you get to that point, the number one thing is you have to get out of crisis so you're available to your children or other people in your atmosphere. So then you are the leader and, and or your better half is a leader. You're both leaders and taking you out of this in a positive way. Man, Sean, guess what you just did? Brother, I hope I took Oakland into the building. Oakland is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building to join this national discussion, we got South Central Los Angeles. We got Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is up next. We got Denver, Colorado. We got people from all over the country who want to chime in. Why? Do relationships not last? Why don't they last? Even the good ones, right? Even the good ones say, you know what? We just just grew apart. Why do we grow apart? 
right? Why do we lose the bond, the connection, the spark? What is it? I want to hear from you. When we come forward, we still got two lines open. If you want to call us, call us. 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we're going to Austin, Texas. More people look for salvation through relationship than in houses of worship. One may even suggest that romantic love has replaced institutional religion as the greatest motive power and influence in our lives. The search for love has replaced the search for God. Half of all first marriages end in divorce, as do two-thirds of second marriages and nearly three-quarters of third marriages. Most non-marital relationships also end in separation. Of the relationships that do last, many are unhealthy and unhappy. Most relationships, in other words, fail. In some cases, it is infidelity, abuse, or a clash in personality, beliefs, values, or life plans that causes a relationship to fail. Many times, however, it is the result of one or both partners burdening the relationship with the fantasy that it will cure all their personal problems. This belief that a romantic relationship will unlock a life of happiness and fulfillment, the psychiatrist M. Scott Peck called the myth of romantic love. And in this video, we explain how belief in this myth destroys one's capacity to cultivate the healthy and realistic love that sustains fulfilling relationships. For as M. Scott Peck writes, The myth of romantic love tells us that when we meet the person for whom we are intended, we will be able to satisfy all of each other's needs forever and ever, and therefore live happily forever after in perfect union and harmony. While I generally find that great myths are great precisely because they represent and embody great universal truths, the myth of romantic love is a dreadful lie. As a psychiatrist, I weep in my heart almost daily for the ghastly confusion and suffering that this myth fosters. The myth of romantic love is pervasive. Okay, okay, you're just going too far. You're waxing poetic. Let me get back. Love is the highest level of consciousness. Consciousness is just a, another word, a synonym for awareness. God, consciousness, and love as words are synonyms. Do you understand? It is the highest level of consciousness. It's what the Buddhist would call moksha. Or what uh, the people who live in the Indus Valley in the country of India call nirvana. Right? It's what self-realization folk call self-realization. It's what uh, Abraham Maslow called self-actualization where you reach the pyramid of oneself do you understand it is a level of consciousness because we live in a transactional society a capitalist society a materialistic society they have made love a verb a set of actions if you love me you would do this no i'm a human i might do some of that some of the time but i may do something that's unpredictable not only to myself, but definitely to you. Do you understand? 
Many people get it twisted, right? Love doesn't shield you from hurt. But love actually has the power to transmute hurt into elevation, into spiritual elevation. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it that way, but that's what it is. We've got callers on the line. I'm sorry for waxing, long-winded. Let's get my brother in here, Reggie from Austin, Texas. Get in here. What's up, Zoe? It's good to talk to you, man. Man, much um, love, brother. Always. Um, okay, first, we're not talking about uh, transactional relationships um, or just superficial stuff. We're talking about relationships that, that got together out of the highest consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that puts things in a different class altogether. I think it's two reasons um, why things don't work or why they don't last. The first is that we're chasing a feeling. Um, and we want everything to feel good to us. And if it doesn't feel good to us, then we, we want no part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of shy away from it, but some of the best things in life don't necessarily feel good all the time. So wait, you brought your apron, um, you brought your apron, huh? You got your apron, <laughs> you got your knives, you got your spice rack. Oh, and you got, boy, you finish. <laughs> go ahead. Finish Reggie. All right. Um, and, and, you can't get caught up in your feelings. Um, you know that feelings are egos, right? And feelings change when the wind blows. The, this, the second thing is relationships, like marriages are testimonies. And it's a testimony that your community has what it takes to survive. Um, but what are you surviving? So that's, that's wait, why... wait, Reg, it's too, much, it's too much meat left on the bone of that. What are you surviving? What are you called to survive? Your humanity. C- come on, huh? Reggie. Come on. You're surviving your humanity. You're surviving um, growing from one level to the next. And growth isn't always pretty. That's what you're surviving. You're Reggie, surviving your hold own on, Reggie, self. Hold on, Reggie. You you a pastor, brother. And you are hitting us so hard right now. We have to reiterate certain things. You said the marriage calls us to survive each other's humanity yes can you go deeper man man it says that that we're we're trying to be the best people we know how to be and and growing from one type of person to the next because we're trying to get better every day Mm. and your growth isn't always pretty Man, sometimes the growth is, is, is really, really unpretty. It's really ugly sometimes. Mm. But it, it's, that's what you need to do to get from one level to the next. And you aren't, you aren't hurting each other in the process. You're just being fully human. And, man, that's not, that's not always pretty, bro. That's not. Mm. Um, so do I have the patience and do I have the compassion to bear you being you? And do I have the compassion to bear me being myself? Like that's a, I mean, it's a, a legitimate question that needs a, a legitimate answer. Mm, mm, mm. And a lot of times we don't want to have that question, so we kind of shy away from it. That's just real. Um, and and I think a fractured community is what kind of perpetuates all that. You know, your your whole community can see you and your partner struggling, and they'll just sit by and watch you struggle. Man, that's not a community. That's a bunch of people living next door to each other. 
And if you can, so open, I'm like, if, wait. And if you can only be in a relationship when it feels good, what does that mm-hmm. say about you? Your maturity level, your spiritual maturity level. What does that say? It says that you're not deep. <laughs> it says that you're a mile wide and an inch deep, and that don't, that that doesn't work. That you got to go deeper into yourself. Okay. And see who you really are. I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Give me your interpretation of this quote. The wound is the place where the light enters. That's rooming. The wound is the Hmm. place where the light enters. It says to me the things that hurt you most and the things that are the ugliest sometimes are the, the starting point to you being the best self you can be. Come And, and that's you just telling us that marriage yep. calls us to do what? Mm-hmm. Survive? To be our best self and, and, and survive our humanity. Man. That's what it calls for. Man. Yeah. Marriage calls... Somebody meme it. I need to see that all over Instagram. Marriage calls us to survive each other's humanity. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have the patience to bear your partner's humanity? I mean, and and the thing is, like, can you love them without judgment and allow them to grow into being their best self? Wait, and keep going. Knowing that growth, knowing that growth might not be tomorrow. Wait, add the flip side of that. Can you love them without judgment while mm-hmm. still loving yourself without judgment as they you as as you That's both it. continue to grow. come on Reggie to grow yes yep yep i mean and both of y'all are growing and and it isn't a pass for you to do foolish foul things to each other in the midst of your growth but your honest growth is going to be ugly enough you don't have to to do foul things to each other mm. you know what i'm saying Mm. If that's if that's the case, and I think that's what it is, all right. It's a this is science experiment, and there's some controlled variables, there's some uncontrolled, and you know, are we gonna do this honestly and legitimately, so that when when tragedy comes, we just don't give up because we hurt? Nah, we stay in there because I've seen the worst in you, and I stuck by you anyway. Oh. And it you know? it makes you more valuable. It makes me more valuable because I saw I was there as you were leveling up. I was there as you right. were struggling. Uh, come on, man, Reggie. Right. You were you were there, and you 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 can you can can testify that yeah, I saw you struggling. You could have given up, and you didn't. All right, because you didn't give up on yourself, I'm not gonna give up on you. Like man. that's I mean that's something that we need to ask ourselves. Can you can you bear your your partner's worst and love them in, and love them at your at your best but we live in a different we live in a different time nowadays is i ain't got time for that mm-hmm. i'm ready for the soft That's life it. i'm not, i don't want to do that yeah. i'm not here for that right. i didn't sign up for that but that right. is the spiritual call to action reggie let me just say this man mm-hmm. what did you just do brother <laughs> I just put Austin in the building. I'll, I'll hey, he brought Austin, Texas in the building. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building and join this national discussion, 
if you don't, if you can't feel the the heat coming off this topic, I don't know what to tell you. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. When we return, South Central Los Angeles, Denver, Colorado, and Nikki from the Sip. What we often think is that once we commit your mind and the long series of songs and poetries and proverbs that have fed a kind of romantic possessiveness have often led us astray. The verb for love is to have. The verb for desire is to want. And to want requires us sometimes to have a little bit of a psychological distance, a sense of otherness, a bridge to cross, something or someone to visit on the other side so that in between me and you lies this tension called the erotic elan. And I began to think about this dialectic, this tension between closeness and space in terms of love and desire. And the question that I would ask is, I am most drawn to my partner when? Not sexually attracted only, just most drawn to. The first one you're going to hear is that I'm most drawn to my partner when he or she radiates. Radiates. That's probably the best word for it. It's another word for confidence, but it's confidence with illumination. Because I am looking at this person who is already generally so familiar and is momentarily once again somewhat unknown, somewhat mysterious, somewhat elusive. And in this space between me and her lies this erotic elan. It is a space in which what is generally so known becomes momentarily once again somewhat unknown so that I can explore and first and foremost be curious. <laughs> oh my God! Do you, are you hearing the essence of spirituality in relationships? So many of us are focused on you delivering to me what you said you would. And so many of us are focused on saying what I'm going to do for you in order to get you. Man, she said you are most attracted to your partner and they are most attracted to you when you radiate. What are you radiating? Fear, ego, shame, guilt? Or are you radiating love? Are you radiating self-acceptance, self-love, self-approval, self-acknowledgement? Whoo, this is fire. All right, listen, we got all sisters on the line right now except for one brother. So I'm going to get this brother out the way so the sisters can speak. J.W. South Central, get in here. Hey, 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 my brother. Yeah, I was driving when I first heard you make the comment about spiritual immaturity and it made me think about every time I call in, I can wait to get home so I can give you a call. Cause I always make that reference in, ter in terms of uh, God's creation and relationship and being emotionally immature. Mm -hmm. And you have to go through a growth process in terms of more kindergarten, junior high, high school, and then university, you know, and that's all about God's order and structure and, the whole process of how he rules and, and governs. And back to uh, when you made the comment about um, the, the woman always wishing for that hero, I call it a hero mentality. That's that fantasy of dreaming or 
narrative or just a thought process that's not correct because it's it's not a reality. It's a dream or a thought or a fantasy. Disneyland. I got you. I got you. And some men be wishing for a hero, too. They be wishing for their mama to be their woman. I, I understand, brother. I understand. But guess what you just did, J-Dub? Well, L.A., South Central, into the house because it's all about human nature. But you got to accept each other as they are. That's the bottom line because no one's Jesus Christ. And so when you made the other comment about, oh, he's not like God. So I got to get rid of him. Well, hell, he's a human being. Bro, that's that right, right there. I'm there you go, J Dub. You brought South Central in the building. You want to bring your city? You know the deal. One eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. All right, let's get to these powerful sisters. Who's been on the longest? Cali Soul, Denver, Colorado. Get in here. <laughs> Peace, Bo. Peace, KBL family. Yes, yes, yes. What up? What up? What are your thoughts? Well, we live in a society that believes in microwave and everything. Mm. And it's been a buildup of like a tolerance to microwave meals, right? So we treat our relationships the same way. And then what ends up happening is we want the shine, the glitz, the glam. We want the outcome without the work. So, like, people will say, oh, yeah, I want a relationship like my grandmother and grandfather. Well, they went through a lot of things. Right. Pushed through. They even broke up sometimes and came back together, right? But, like, that's what longevity and perseverance and understanding and patience and all of the real attributes that we need to pursue a loving relationship is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, expect somebody to show up a complete finished pre-assembled. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, grandma was praying in the closet. Granddaddy was praying, you know, like they did different things to move through. Mm-hmm. And um we, you know, like we're 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 having this conversation and this is like you know, maybe three generations that we're looking at, folks in their thirties, forties, fifties, maybe even further, right? But just think about how these young people are gonna do like our generation, at least we've got the words to put to it. The younger generation, they're not even used to communicating with each other with their words. They're not used to using conflict resolution, deductive reasoning and stuff like that. And that's not all of them, but a fair amount of them and they're being taught to look to media. And again, a lot of these stories that are playing out in the media, it doesn't show the hard work. It doesn't show moving through and persevering and building with one another, working through problems. It just shows, you know, the outcome, the ring, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 100%. <laughs> the house, right. the cute little kids. It's like, yeah, somebody had to, get up and have restless nights with them cute little kids, snotty noses, poop all over the place. You know, I want to go somewhere. You want to go somewhere, but somebody got to watch the kids. Want, you know, like there's so many different things that come up in relationships that people don't see on an everyday. And because of that, 
they've created some alternate reality that they actually believe in. Ooh. So, yeah, when adversity come up in a relationship, then it's like, oh, I'm out. I don't got to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And another thing I have to say is, like, the relationship part is the human experience. Ooh, come on. Oh, come on, Callie. The Callie. lesson, the growth, that's the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. So if we're more concerned with our spiritual side, which, yeah, okay, I'm here on this earth that having this experience as a human, so there's going to be fleshly things that I want to experience that are attached to the human experience. But if I'm really focused on the spiritual side, then the growth, Wait, wait, Callie, what you're saying is so profound. And I want to put this piece of wisdom out based on what you just said. I just want to say this. Don't seek or don't wait to experience something worse than what you have in order to learn how to appreciate what you have right now. Sometimes... People in a relationship will leave it thinking it is the worst thing they've ever experienced until they get into the next situation that proves to be even worse. And that's when the appreciation for what they left, for what they could have worked on, for what they could have healed with that person. Now they start thinking, oh, you know, I should have worked that out. Let me reach back out. Don't do that. Hold tight, uh, Callie. When we come forward, the voice of reason going to wrap it up with Callie's soul, and then we go into the Mississippi Sip. The mysteries of love, romance, and how relationships work in general has been studied by psychologists for years. There have been countless studies, surveys, and theories all dedicated to enlightening us on the matter. In spite of their best efforts, it seems that we're still generally somewhat clueless when it comes to matters of the heart. In fact, there has been a startling rise in separation and divorce rates over the past decade. This has us shaking our heads and wondering, why are modern relationships so fragile? Let's try to find some answers. Here are seven key reasons why most relationships nowadays fall apart so easily. One, you're not ready yet. All too often, our relationships dissolve because you're simply not ready to be in one yet. Maybe your needs at the time are to keep things casual and fun, not in a state of serious commitment. A strong, healthy relationship is all about positive compromise, dedication, patience, and sacrifice. Modern relationships seem to have a lost sight of that. The unrealistic standards set by mainstream entertainment and social media train us to think that a perfect relationship should be one where we're always happy, with zero conflict, and we're perfectly matched for our partners. We need to understand that this is like believing in heavily filtered Instagram photos. It's not the real or full picture. Once we can accept that, we can move forward towards being ready. Two, you're too busy to settle down. Modern society values success, hard work, and accomplishment. So people nowadays have become more competitive and ambitious than ever. It feels good to be the best in class, at work, being the most popular. To be the best, there's a drive to get into prestigious universities or be promoted to the top of the corporate ladder. With so many other priorities, Man, that's all I'm saying tonight. You're going to have to put some work in somewhere. It's, uh, is this, this is more comfortable than the last. Okay. Uh, again, unless that person 
was an intimate terrorist, you could have worked it out with him. I know you don't want to hear it that way. When it comes to relationship, how long is a good thing supposed to last? Well, let's invert that. How long is a bad thing supposed to last? What if a good person, you you and your partner are good people, but y'all started the relationship off on the wrong foot? And sometimes you had to stumble into the relationship's greatness. How long will the bad thing last? See, we want everything to be all good for as long as it can be. I've seen people give up on people when they needed them the most, when their hand and knee was on the ground because they had to kneel to their circumstance. I've seen people give up on somebody they so-called loved. I've seen it happen. That's when your partner needs you the most. When your hand and knee is on the ground. When you when life makes you take a knee, your partner is supposed to be there to help you stand back. I know you ain't ready for it. Let's get Callie Soul's final thought on this. Callie, what's your final thought? So my final thought is this. The relationship doesn't have anything to do with love. Love can't be explained, encased, encompassed, categorized, or anything like that. Mm. The purpose of the relationship is for the growth. The common denominator that shows up wherever you are is you. So it don't matter what person is in front of you for whatever ship you decide to be in, companionship, friendship, relationship. Ships carry cargo from one place to the other. Come on. In this situation, understand uh, lack of understanding to light. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of the ship, no matter what you want to label the ship. So love doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And if the common denominator that shows up is me, then that means any problem that I say that there is, any greatness that I say that there is, that came from me. Wow. Wow. Well, Callie, guess what you just did? I bought Denver into the building. Denver, Colorado is in the building. Listen, if you want to bring your city, you already know what I'm doing. The phone line, 1-800-920-1580. So many people are up in here. So many people are up in here now. People want to talk. It's a national discussion. I love it. And you already know where we're going. Nikki from the SIP. Oh, Lord, here we go. Let me get out of her way. She's got food for thought. Talk to us, Nikki. What's up, brother Zoe and fam? Just just a few things to consider. Um, Sean and Reggie, because they just blew up everything tonight. Um, Sean, because he always reminds us to take it easy on ourselves mm-hmm. and each other. We can't get to what Reggie was talking about relative to bearing another person's humanity where marriage is concerned um, without having taken it easy on ourselves. Mm. I think that sometimes in our human experiences individually, we forget that, well, for me, I put it into sort of a easier way to understand. I got a simple mind. Um, it's really only four kinds of people. 
They either add, subtract, multiply, or divide your life. (laughs) And there are really only two categories of relationships, the ones that come to stay and the ones that come to leave. Now, the four kinds of people, two of those kinds, you have to beg to leave your life anyway. They never go voluntarily. But it's very important that we do that inner work so that we can identify which of those four people around us are and which of the two categories of relationship we want to put people in. To mirror a person's humanity, if we're approaching each other from an intimate perspective, you have to go into that to me understanding that the probability of you seeing <laughs> all the manifestations of ugly throughout their relationship is probably going to happen if they're going to stay mm-hmm. or you allow them to stay. Mm-hmm. Normally, the ones that's, that come into your life to leave, you're going to pretty much see the ugliness pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friend in the world is dying. She has been, this is our third round of cancer, and she's not going to win this one. I'm sorry to hear that. Me too. Um, And I'm saying that because I want the fam to understand how that's relative to the question, which was, you know, how long should these relationships that we value, even the intimate ones, friendships or more, Last, all relationships are only going to last for a season. Mm. Even the good ones. Those are the ones, and that's why I'm saying this. Mm -hmm. Because when those are gone, the longing that you have to have those minutes, moments, seconds, hours, months, years, days back is incredible. And because we don't approach well, because we're all (laughs) whips, our relationships, understanding that once we decide what category and what kind of person it is, Mm -hmm. this is why we can't waste our time on people who subtract and divide us. We need for them to be able to leave quickly. So much of our time is spent on those two. It sometimes stymies us in our ability to get to the ones that we want to stay, mm-hmm. that add and multiply a lot. Hopefully, in our intimate relationship, that's called a husband or a wife. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nikki. And I just want everybody to raise their consciousness where there's concern because when those people are gone it takes a a great amount of humanity to know how much time you have we're all dying but few of us have been given months or days of them Mm -hmm. when you got to stand in the gap with that person while they're going to this place they can't come back from Mm -hmm. You got to be cut for that. Right. Right. The same thing happens in our intimate relationships, which is why you keep trying to educate us so that 
we don't waste our time on those subtraction and division people. Mm, mm, mm. I'm telling you, this walk with this friend, and I, you know, I'm in the healthcare world, so right. dying is not foreign to me. Right. Um. So wait, but, wait, Nick, because you cooking, I gotta come forward. I, I, I got. Just stay with me, Nick. I'm gonna come right back to you when we come forward. Nikki is pulling at the heartstrings tonight. It's on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know my playlist is amazing. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. The voice of reason is on fire. We've come full circle after coming forward. Let me get my friend Nikki from the SIP back in here because she was on absolute fire. Nikki, let me get your final thought because we're getting up against the clock here. What is your final thought for us tonight? Just for everybody to remember, um, whatever it is you're vibrating out into the world, I promise is what's going to show up in your life. There it is. Nikki, I love you. I appreciate you. Love you guys back. And, and, And peace to your family's heart. Guess what you just did? I brought the sip in the building. The sip is in the building. Everybody send some prayers and love out to our friend, your friend, Nikki from Mississippi. We got to run through these next callers really, really quick, okay? So let's condense our thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's condense them because we got seven minutes, less than seven minutes. Let's get it going. Who's been on the longest? I'm staying on point. Get in here. Alafia family. Alafia. Salute. Um... Really quick, I tell the people, my friends um, that are getting married, uh, don't fight each other. Fight for one another. Come on. Fight and... for me, please. <laughs> fight for me. Put your gloves on and beat some, beat the spirit down for me. You know, because we already got to fight the outside world. So it's pointless to use that energy to fight each other. You use that time, use that energy to come up with solutions on how to be better and make better moves mm-hmm. so y'all can move forward. Lastly, I can say that it's almost like being in the sales world for anybody who had to sell anything uh, uh, independently, I should say. Mm-hmm. They always say, remember your why. Ooh. That's why they ask you in the beginning, what's your why? Why are you starting this business? Why are you starting this relationship? And when you define your why, when you come against those times that are unfavorable, you can think back to what is my why. Love it. Love it. Love it. Guess what you just did? I'm staying on point. LBC LBC in the building. We all over the nation and we're in Los Angeles. Get it cooking. My brother, True Monger, Dallas, Texas. Get in here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your thoughts on tonight's topic. Oh, man. (laughs) Some some really the process to think about. Um, How long is a quote unquote good relationship supposed to last? Mm hmm supposed to last as long as it serves its purpose Ooh. ideally mm. okay. um nothing everything in this world is temporary right you know one day we're going to check out we're not going to be here so value the relationships you have whether they last a long time or they're a short time mm-hmm. learn from one another try to respect each other as much as possible mm-hmm. try if you can't do that at least be cordial right I mean, like like the um, last call was saying, we've 
we spend too much time fighting against the world as it is. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have to shouldn't have to come onto a fight, but a lot of people do, and they take that for granted because they think, oh, it's not that serious. We all, people are always gonna be there, and that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. So we gotta learn to appreciate each other better and look at each other as people, right. not as objects or sponsors. That's right. Yeah. True but, monger. Guess what you just did, good brother? Brought Dallas in the building. Dallas, Texas, on fire. Hey, let's keep it going. We're going back to Mississippi. Cynthia, who is also Nikki from the Sips, friend. I hear you sound just like Nikki. Talk to us. Hello, everybody. I'm, this is my first time talking, so I appreciate it. Um, much love to my friend Nikki, who told me about you. But I wanted to say this. She and I talk all the time, and I tell her that 75% of me is never going to be the person that does wrong, but that 25% is going to be playing awful. I need you to love the 25% so that the 75% feels like a bonus. People love to see the light in you, and they're attracted to the light, but you got to make certain in a relationship that you're not the only somebody bringing the light. I don't mind if you got a flashlight if I have a a lighthouse light, but you got to bring something. And if I only need your love and I only need this relationship to be positive, then you'll only live on the positive and you'll die when I criticize it. Mm. And so with the relationship. So in terms of loving people, you have to know that love, that euphoric state that people like to have when you live in this high place where the sun is beaming. And it's like somebody calls it the closet of Narnia, mm. where you actually get to the streets work and you say that that's that's fine. But that's not a place you live. You can reach the mountaintop, but nobody sits on a peak. You get up there and look over, but you come down and you grow in that valley. So I need that valley to be the place where you and I fertilize each other. That's when it's a lot of rain and when it's just a stream. Did you hear her say fertilize each other in the valley? Lord have Cynthia, if you don't start calling in here every night like Nikki and bringing this old Mississippi good cooking, I appreciate you. You brought the sip in the building. Thank you so much, man. Listen, it took me a year to get women to call into this show. But boy, the women are calling in and they are sprinkling us right now. Woo! Let me say this. They are springing. Emotional impermanence is a found is a fundamental aspect of human existence. Our emotions are ever changing, flowing like a river, and it is natural to experience anxiety when faced with the uncertainty and unpredictability of our emotional landscape. In the context of relationships, this anxiety can be heightened as we invest our hearts and soul into the connection with another. To cope with emotional impermanence and reduce relationship anxiety, there are several strategies that can be employed. Seeking therapy or counseling is a powerful step towards exploring the root causes of relationship anxiety and developing coping strategy. A trained professional can provide guidance, support, and and tools to navigate the complexities of emotions and relationships. Through therapy, individuals can gain insight into their fears, anxieties, and learn healthy communication skills and develop self-soothing techniques. Listen, we're going to be in and we're going to be out, but guess what? We're going to keep these topics coming. Do you understand me? The fire's going to keep going. My friend, your friend, Jill Monroe. You already know what it is. RSVP with